welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. Well, I want to get straight into it tonight. As you may have guessed by the PowerPoint that's been up there for the last five minutes, I'm speaking on consistency. Um, so, and the scripture I want to share from tonight is in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. And it simply says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Pretty much, paraphrased version, that scripture is saying that Jesus is consistent. Now, according to the dictionary, the definition of consistent is to be steady, to be even, to have a conformity in attitude, behavior, and practice. So in other words, what the scripture in Hebrews is saying is that Jesus is steady, Jesus is even, and that there is a conformity between his attitude, his behavior, and his practice. In other words, what it's saying is, and just humor me, if you went to Woolies ladies or Bunnings men, and you ran into Jesus in person, what you experienced and saw from him today would be what, no, yesterday, because you, you met him yesterday at the shops or at Bunnings, what you experienced and you saw from him is what you would experience and see from him if you ran into him today, and in fact, every time you run into him. He's steady, he's even, there is a conformity in his attitude, his behavior, and his practice. And what I've learned during life is that um, we're not all like that. You see, where's Moggy? Moggy? All right. I don't want to slag Baker's Delight, but you know what, Moggy? Do you know what I've discovered? And I'm picking on Moggy because he's a overseas of franchises. Is Baker's Delight is not consistent. Baker's Delight is not like Jesus. Because I like the apple and custard scrolls. Anyone ever had one of those? But you know what I hate is I can go to a Baker's Delight. I can't go to Golden Grove anymore. Obviously didn't frequent that enough because it went bust. But um, I can go to a Baker's Delight somewhere and order my favorite apple and custard scroll. And lo and behold, it comes with sultanas. I mean, like that is just like heaven on a stick. All right. Apple and custard scroll with sultanas. Then I go to another Baker's Delight and I say, Hey, I'm going to order two of those because I share with Tony. No, I don't share because it'd be one. We have one each, apple and custard delight. And when I open the bag, I go, excuse me, you've given me the wrong thing. And they said, no, that's an apple. I said, no, because it doesn't have sultanas. And then we have this discourse that no, apple and custard scrolls don't have sultanas. So I said, well, then somebody's wrong here. And it's not me. (laughs) But apple and custard scrolls have sultanas. And so then next time I see Moggy in the cafe, I'm going, dude, what is, you need to take this up with your company. Like, what is happening? No sultanas. And he has the audacity to tell me, no, Kath, apple and custard scrolls don't have sultanas. And I'm like, but dude, I've had apple and custard scrolls with sultanas. And would you just like to let the company know they're better? Okay, it's better. <laughs> and if you were here last week, you may have discovered from Drew's preach that McDonald's isn't consistent either. Because you can get really nice fries in South Australia sometimes and really bad ones in Melbourne. And so when you, when you think of all these things, you think, you know what, consistency is a major problem. 
And to my shame tonight, I have a confession. I too am like Baker's Delight and McDonald's in that I'm not always consistent. You see, I cannot guarantee that if you have a meeting, and I don't mean sit in my office meeting, I mean we just bump into each other at Woolies or at the school or wherever, sadly, and to my shame, there's no guarantee that the Kath you saw yesterday and experienced is going to be the Kath you're going to experience and see today and is the Kath that you're going to see and experience every time you meet me. And that actually is to my shame, yet I have a sneaking suspicion I'm not the only one here. And the truth is, when Jesus said, uh, well, when the Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, Jesus is our ultimate example. Jesus is the one that we're supposed to aspire to be like. Let me throw you some scriptures in case you think I'm being a little bit harsh and expecting too much. But 1 Corinthians one eleven says, Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. John 15.8 says, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit by showing yourselves to be my disciples. And in case you're still struggling with the fact that we're supposed to emulate Jesus, Philippians 2.5 says your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, which means we are to be, and the good news tonight is we can be consistent. I can have said of me and you can have said of you that Kath, or put your name in it, John, Betty, June, Jack, Fred, is the same yesterday as we are today, as we will be every time you meet me. Now, if that is true, then it means that there are some things that obviously counteract or affect our consistency. And so tonight in my short time, I just want to share some what I've just named them consistency killers, because it is possible for us to live consistent lives. It is possible for us to live even, logical, steady lives where there is conformity in our attitudes, our actions and behaviours. And so I'm hoping that some of these things I share will be at the lights will go on and we'll go, oh, that's where I've been getting it wrong. So these are just a few and there's hundreds of them, I'm sure. But here's some we can start with. Because you know how you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So rather than let's grab a hundred of them and try. Let's just take a couple and say, you know what? These are the ones I'm going to work on. So these are things that if you're struggling, if you're saying, you know what? I feel that when people meet me, there's no guarantees. Depends on my circumstances. Depends on what's going on. Depends on this. Depends on that. Here's some keys that I'm hoping that as you hear them, you'll be able to go, actually, I can make some few adjustments there and I can help be, like Jesus is asking me to be following his example. I can be the same yesterday, today, and forever, and ultimately bringing glory to him, because that's what it's about. Amen? All righty. So number one, the first consistency killer that I've got here is indecision. James 1.8 says, a double-minded man is unstable in all he does. One of the biggest hindrances to our consistency is indecision. Now that scripture doesn't say a double-minded man is unstable in a couple of things he does. It doesn't say that an undecided man is unstable in 50% of what he does. It doesn't say that a man of indecision is unstable in 80 to 90%. It says everything. What does everything mean? Are you not sure, are you? (laughs) 
if you were sure, you would have went, oh, everything. What does everything mean? Everything. Everything. It means if I've got indecision in my life, there is nothing I do that's stable. Nothing. And you might go, oh, it's a bit harsh, but that's what the Bible says. And I believe one of the biggest killers of our consistency is indecision. Now, here's the trap. We live in a society that's full of options. Now, I don't want to close the door because I think there's an, there's an avenue of where we need options. And there's an avenue. We live in a freedom in this country and in this time and place that people have fought and given their lives for, for us to have this freedom. But you know what? With freedom comes great responsibility. And the problem is we've conditioned ourselves that options are cool. And in some places and times they are. But you know what? When you've got a foot in two camps... The Bible says you cannot serve God and money. You cannot have two masters. Someone is going to lead. And unfortunately, if we're struggling with indecision, the first place we've got to look at is where am I double-minded? Where have I got a foot in this camp and a foot in this camp? Where have I got two doors open? Now, I am happily married and have been happily married for 18 18 years. I'm so happy I don't count, all right? Good? (laughs) Cool. But you know what? 18 years ago, I closed the door. I walked through one and closed the door. Now, you may find this hard to believe, but there are still some good-looking men out there. And just because I said yes to one of those good-looking men doesn't mean I don't see all the other good-looking men. And... And, no, 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 I just I want you to hear this because I think we get super spiritual and I just want to slap some people sometimes. But you know what? I've got friends who are men who I enjoy their company. We're good friends. And I don't know, maybe if circumstances pre-18 years ago or for Tony and I, I met him even eight years before that, if I had different circumstances, different meetings, I could have closed doors to other people and said yes to one of them. You know what? It was a decision. A man said, do you want to spend the rest of your life to me? The answer is simple, yes or no. And you know what, people? We're just going to get to that point. It's yes or no. Stop this. Grass is always greener on the other side of the fence, Christianity. And we say that rote. We say that like it's a saying. But you know what? We live lives with our heads over the fence. I'm such a believer of the grass is greener where I water it. So much so that yesterday um, I had a nice little target had a sale. So I got a, this is maybe too much information. Where's Jordan? Cover your ears, George. I got this nice little lingerie set. So at about nine o'clock last night, I was just prancing around the kitchen. The kids are in bed. And so my husband goes, what are you doing? So I went, I said, I'm watering the grass, baby. I'm watering the grass. But you know what? I'm sorry to say that I struggle. No, that was later. I struggle sometimes. You know what? You sit with young people, and it's not just young people, but you sit with young people, and they're like, you know, I love Jesus and this, but I've still got this desire for that. And I'm like, would you just close the door? I mean, you can't have both. And I don't know what you're afraid of, and I don't know what you think you're missing out on, but you know what? If you actually just shut a door, you'd realize I'm not actually missing out on anything. But when both doors are open, I'm unstable. I've got a foot here. and Because if you imagine if you had, say I'm standing on two different um, tables or something and moving, it's not a solid, because I've got a foot in each camp. And if one of them goes and they're not quite stable, everything I do is unstable. I'm like, you know what? If you just picked a side, shut the door, you'd find, oh, ain't that bad after all. 
So if you're talking about I'm um, inconsistent, I'm, I'm finding that people are saying to me, you know, you're not, unre- you're not reliable and this and that, look into your life and see what doors have I left open? Where have I got my options open? Where have I got, oh, actually, I'm just hedging my, well, what marriage would work if you walk down the aisle going, well, we'll see how we go? I'm telling you, none of them. Because if I said we'll see how we go, because you know what? We sometimes haven't gone so well. Honest. Sometimes, you know what, if I'd said, sometimes there's been times I'm like, I wish I'd said, we'll see how we go. Because that would be my out right now. But I didn't say, we'll see how we go. I said yes. And saying yes to Tony meant no to everything else. It meant no to walking out. Have I wanted to walk out? You bet I have. Has he wanted to walk out? You bet he has. But I said yes. And so saying yes to that said no to everything else. If you're not consistent, there's an area of indecision in your life. Second key, second consistency killer, insecurity. Matthew three seventeen says, And a voice from heaven said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Jesus found his identity in God saying, This is my son. He found his acceptance, whom I love, and his approval. With him I am well pleased from God. Our security comes from God alone. When God the Father said that to Jesus the Son, Jesus had done nothing. He came out of the waters of baptism and the Father said, This is my Son, whom I love, with him I'm well pleased. You know, God says that over us, his children, those of us who know and accepted Jesus as our Lord and Saviour. He says, this is my son, this is my daughter, whom I love, and with them I am well pleased. It's not based on what you've done. It's got nothing to do with what you've done. It's got everything to do with what Jesus did for you. Now, that being said and laid to rest, there are still there are things that we do out of relationship for him, but our security, who I am, what he's placed in me, what he's called me to do, it's founded on him and him alone. If you look and I look to men, and when I say men, mankind, people, our emotions, our circumstances, if we look for our security in those things, we're going to be inconsistent every time. Because I don't know about you, have you noticed that men and their opinion are fickle? Like one week, sin is in. You know, they, they, they were so, I mean, go back a year or two, sin, sin, sin. You've got these models where you can see their rib cages. Now we get a little bit, we don't want to say that's in, so we're sort of saying, oh no, we like the rounder look and the shapes and the, I mean, men are fickle. This one day, that the next. And if, we put, if my security is based on what men said, I'm going to be inconsistent because I'll be starving myself to be thin and then I'm going to be gorging myself because I want the curves. It's inconsistent. It breeds inconsistency in life because my security is based on what men think. And when, you know when I say men, I'm talking mankind, rather than what God says. But where my security is in God, I can go, you know what? It doesn't matter. God says that he created me that he knit me together in my mother's womb, that I am wonderfully and fearfully made. It doesn't really matter what you think. I could give a rip whether you like me or not. I know my father likes me. I could give a rip whether you leave tonight and say, oh, you know, it was a bit this or a bit that, and she didn't say this. My Bible tells me that he has chosen me. He's asked me to do a job. He's gifted and equipped me to do it. My responsibility is to do it and then find favor in you and go, God, you know what? 
If someone tells me that I bless them, I say, God, it's you. Yes, you used me and I did what, but you know what? At the end of the day, I was just obedient to you. I just did what you asked me to do. And that's, if you're talking about how do you be consistent, how do you say yes to a camera ministry and then continue on through that? Because you've realized, you know what? I just said yes to the camera ministry and who I am is not wound up in that. I don't need to be up the front in front of the camera. I'm quite happy to be behind the camera because God has chosen me because he has said I could do it. And my security isn't, I'm not getting the so-called limelight or the so-called whatever. It's just, this is the job that needs to be done. And God is pleased with me, whether I do this or whether I do that. It's about gifting and talent and what he's placed in me. If you're inconsistent and you're finding you're not even, you're not steady, you're not even logical, it could have something to do with the fact you're very, very insecure. You know what? We can't even trust our emotions. Now, emotions are great and God's given them to us, but you know what? My emotions have led me into a hole. And it's nice to blame them, but you know what? God said to me, I created you that way. I gave you that way. I gave them to you, not to dictate, but to enhance your life. And so sometimes we go, oh yeah, but it was emotional. I felt this way. Do you know how many things I've done that I have not felt like it? Right now is a prime example of it. This may be a bit too gross for you, But I've not been bodily functioning well for the last two weeks. In fact, everything I eat doesn't stay in, which I'm a little bit disappointed because I thought I would have had the benefits of that. But I'm not seeming to have the benefits other than, you know, the toilet cleaning duty. It's like, God, it's me again. (laughs) Do I feel like being up here tonight? No. Do I feel like I'm going to throw any minute? Yes. Or I'm going to bolt for the door because I need to go to the toilet. But you know what? I do things not because... I feel like it. I do because my God has asked me to me. He says he's equipped me and called me, and that's what I've got to do. And I'm sorry if that's a little bit graphic for you and you can't look at me again, but maybe if you see me run, you'll know why. All righty. Our feelings are fickle. I don't always do things. You can't tell me that Jesus went to the cross feeling like it. Like, woohoo, day to be crucified. Woohoo, can't wait. But the Bible says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Was he looking forward to? Absolutely not. But he was looking forward to what it brought about in the lives of you and I and every creation on every person in whatever on earth. If we rely on these things for our security, we will be inconsistent every time. If you are struggling with consistency, identify your insecurities. Fear of man. Just fear in general just what people think, all those sorts of things. Just sit down, do a stock take. We've had two weeks of stock take about assessing what's going on. I sit down and go, stock take in my life. What is happening to me? What am I doing? What are the insecurities that are me that are stopping me from being steady, even, and logical? Thirdly, independence. Genesis 2.18 says, The Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Do you know God surrounds us with people for our own good? I am sick and tired of people who want to do life alone. And some of you are sitting in here. And I I had this conversation today with someone. I said, I don't know what else I can do for you. We put programs on. We have Sunday services. We have men's events. We have women's events. There are connect groups. There's prayer meetings. There's all sorts of things. But if you choose to not avail yourself to that, what else can I do? I can't befriend every single person, but we as a leadership team have made avenue available that all of us 
can do that. And if you're here today and you say, God has placed me in, victory is my home, this is my family, then our responsibility is to get involved. Not stand back and not say, well, you know what, if they were really friendly, they'd make the effort and if they were really this and that. You know what, it's two-way. And I know people who are sitting here today, conversations this week, who they have poured and poured and tried and tried to get into some people's lives and people haven't reciprocated. And then there are other people who are just going, well, bless me, I'll dare you. Try and make me come. Try and do this. And I'm just like, you know what? Guys, God places, where do you learn how to interact? In family. And the scripture says, and I think I wrote the reference down, Psalm 68, 6, God sets the lonely in families. Do you know where we learn to share, where we learn to compromise, where we learn to negotiate? Families. I've got a three-year-old learning to share. doesn't come naturally. <laughs> didn't come naturally to me. Why should I expect it to come naturally to her? She learns to share in family. Brothers and sisters, she comes to church. She's got to share things. She learns to share. It's fam- God places us in family so that we can learn. And so if you're not being consistent, the problem is we think we are a law unto ourselves. You know what? If I'm not accountable, because I know accountability is a dirty word, but if I'm not accountable, if I'm not in relationship and doing life with people, I tend to think I'm always right. And the problem is I am because there's nobody who's going to disagree with me because I'm not asking them and I'm not doing life with them. And it's kind of like, who, who goes to the gym? A few of us. Who goes to the gym with a partner? Do you know why I go to the gym with a partner? Because I cheat if I don't go to the gym with a partner. Because 100 sit-ups look like 10 if there's not someone else counting with me. And you can't go 1, 70, 69, 50, I'm counting backwards, whatever. (laughs) See, I cheat. But I go with a partner because there's accountability. Because Fiona's counting. I was like, oh, I would have stopped now, but she's only 19 and she started before me, so I've got to keep going. There's accountability. And we want to, you want to be consistent and you want to be effective in life and you want to be even and logical and you want your friends to know and meet Jesus, but they're watching you. And when you're not consistent, they're like, what are you, are you kidding me? You're no different from everyone else in the workplace or the schoolyard or wherever else. But when you're consistent, you're showing yourself to be Christ's disciples. You're bearing fruit for God. And if you're independent, there's no one to say, you know what, honey, that's just really not helpful. Or that, you know, have you ever considered that that could be an issue there? Or what about this? One of our kids um, was at a sport training, came home and was a little bit miffed because the coach had made some comment. And here's the thing about accountability and when you're not independent. I said, you know what? I wasn't there, so I don't know. I can't judge whether the man was right in his decision. But let me tell you something. Doing life with you, this is what we've been working on. You're not listening. You are a little bit slow in terms of hearing. You are... um, whatever the issues are. And it seems to me that what you've just told me about your coach kind of mirrors those things that we're working on. So while I wasn't there and I don't know, there's enough in what he said that I'm backing him. Do I not like my child? No, of course I do. I love him. Oh, them. (laughs) I love them. But we're talking about this accountability. It's been able to go, you know what? I've been doing life with you, dude. 
And they're the things we're working on, and the coach has just picked it. So I'm not going to go and say, the mean, nasty coach picking on my little cherub. I'm going to go, you know what, little cherub? I think the coach has got your number. (laughs) Accountability, independence is a key struggling with inconsistency. Who are you accountable to? And please, if that word freaks you out, you know, the, the answer to abuse is not no use, but correct use. I do agree, and I've seen and I know there are stories of where accountability has been misused, it's been muddied, it's not been right. But just because it's, there's been abuse doesn't mean there's no use, it's correct use. And so if the word accountability scares you, then take it to God. And say, God, that freaks me out because of this past. And trust God. And just find someone you can be truly accountable to. And just go, you know what? How am I doing here? What's going on here? I want to be consistent. But when I'm living life, it's easy to think I'm consistent when I'm out there by myself and got no one who can actually draw my attention to the fact that actually I'm not reliable. I don't do what I say and I don't say what I do. Alrighty. Fourthly, lack of intimacy. John 16 verse 13 says, But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. When we've got poor intimacy with God, it's hard to be consistent. How can you conform in behavior, attitude, and practice with God and for God when you don't actually know what you're conforming to? It's like... God ethereal God out there. And yet when you've got an intimacy with God and know what he says and what he means and what he does, it's easy to be able to put those things in practice because I know him. I don't want to pick on the young people, but let's take the area of sexual purity. I always think of that scripture or that story with Joseph and Potiphar's wife. And she's alluring and she's I'm sure she's gorgeous and she probably smells nice and all those things. And she's saying to him, but look at me. Why don't you want me? And he doesn't say he didn't want her. This is what you've got to catch. He doesn't say, I don't want you. What does he say? He says, how can I do that to God? And young people, if if you've got the intimacy with Jesus, when she flutters her eyes or he touches the leg, or just whatever the little things are, you find yourself in um, the car alone, or mum and dad have shot, whatever, when you've got the intimacy with Jesus, it's, it's easy to be consistent. It's easy to say, you know what, I drew a line in the sand, and I said, everything my bathers cover, you don't touch. And it's easy to do that when there's an intimacy relationship. I find when people fall in that area, you, go, you can trace it back and there's a lack of intimacy. Because when you know, now I'm not saying, because we can all make mistakes. So I'm not saying it's 100% foolproof, but you know what? It's a big warning sign. It's a big bleeping light going beep, 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 warning. And so you know what? Intimacy with God. If you're saying I'm not consistent, you know, I want to be this, I want to be that, but we're, getting, we're doing all these things, it comes back to intimacy with God. When you love somebody, you'll find you do things you just never thought you would because you're doing it out of relationship. And I just thought about that as I'm talking about young people and they probably didn't come out right. Talking about with God, okay? (laughs) Not with with your boyfriend there. So when you've got an intimacy and a relationship with Jesus, easy to say no because of how could I do that? Joseph's answers, how could I do that to God? And she's like, no one's here. And he's like, I'm here. I'm here. And that's why we've got to get to that point of I'm here. 
If I do that, I'm aware. But we're not consistent when we have let the intimacy factor with our Lord diminish. When you develop a good relationship with someone, you know their likes and dislikes. And it becomes just like Joseph. You know, I can't do that because that would be offensive to them. I can't do that. And we're doing it out of rules and regulation. Uh, We're doing it out of a relationship rather than rules and regulations. We talked about volunteers today and about people putting their hand up. Can I say one thing? People are cruel. You're cruel. I'm cruel. Which means if I put my hand up to serve in some capacity, someone somewhere along the line is actually going to hurt me. But you know what intimacy with God does? Intimacy with God says, lifts my head up and goes, you know what? I see the big picture here. And the fact is, I can come back to church next week and still get involved in that ministry and still serve people, whether I'm on the car park and they abuse me, they run over my toes, they give me the bird because I've asked them to park further along or whatever, or I'm in the coffee and someone's just got off at me because the roast is not right or the mix isn't this or it was too cold or I'm in the kids and some mothers come to me because I've had to address their child and their behavior and their mothers come to me and go, blah, blah, blah. I get intimacy with God. You'd be able to go to God and say, God, I give that to you. You help me. You do that. And intimacy, consistency means I can come back next week and persist in that which I've been asked to do and be even and be logical and have conformity in my attitude and behavior and actions. Why? Because I've got an intimate relationship with Jesus and I'm doing it not because for you, but because of this relationship here. And when this relationship here is cool, then this relationship here will be cool. So intimacy, lack of intimacy, another consistency killer. And then impatience, Hebrews 6.12, we do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. According to the dictionary, impatient is a restless desire for change and excitement. You know, consistency is not always exciting. It's just the way it is. Just get up, do the right thing, do what's needed, go back to bed, get up in the morning, do the right thing, do what's needed, go back to bed. It's not always exciting. And the problem is with impatience, wants that change and excitement. But you know what? Kids want the consistency of a mum and dad. Which just might mean you have to give up your restless desire for change and excitement. You know what? I'm getting sick of this man. I'm getting sick of his jocks on the floor, his socks on the floor. I'm getting sick of this. I'm getting sick of that. But for the sake of consistency, I'm going to make the adjustment and do what's needed, not for restless desire of change and excitement, but for consistency. And go, you know, I am not going to let impatience rob me and my family. So any of these ministries, I know so many people who start. You know, we're brilliant starters, but sometimes we're not so great finishers. And we want to have a consistency with it. I said yes, and I'm going to do it until either you've asked me to step down or God has moved me on to another area. Consistency. Don't let impatience rob you. Commit to that area of service. You have to persevere. This is what I've learned in life. I've had to persevere through the mundane to experience the promise. Promise just doesn't happen. It's the mundane every day and then wham, promise comes. Beware impatience. And then finally, issues. Ephesians 4.26 says, Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Hurts, bitterness, jealousy, hatred, unforgiveness, they all affect our consistency. See, if I volunteered to do something and then you were a bit short with me or you didn't treat me how I thought you should have and I let an offence come in, it's very hard for me then to be consistent. It's very hard for me to be even. 
logical, have my, because I've developed an issue now. I've got an attitude with you because you said something to me you shouldn't have said. And even if you had or should have said that because my eye was wrong, I didn't like the way you said it, however it is. Now, I've built up a, an unforgiveness. I've got a hurt or I've got an issue with you now. It's very hard then to come back the next week and serve graciously and lovingly when I've got this junk inside of me. The Bible doesn't say do not go to bed angry or do not let the sun go down your anger just because it feels like saying it. It understands the power of if we don't deal with things. And we just, you know what, if consistency is an issue for you, then look, maybe take a stock take and say, actually, what kind of issues have God got in my life? If I take a little personal testimony this morning, when Tony spoke about Geordie and her leg and faith, and then we sang about the healer song, and I've let you know about my internal workings that are not quite right. And it's easy to say, you know what, it's stress. But about six weeks ago, somebody spoke something over my life that I probably, I dismissed, I probably didn't even think about it. There's a family history and then a second person in our family's just come down with the same thing. And they said something and at the time I didn't think anything of it. And yet this morning we sang that healer song. I'd got myself into such a state, I hadn't even realised, you know, and we were singing about, I believe that you're my healer. And I had a breakthrough just in the worship thinking, you know what, without even realising, I've taken an issue with what they said. Now, I don't know whether there's some truth in that, I don't, that doesn't matter. The point was, I'd let something get a hold of my spirit. I'd let something work its way. And possibly some of my cramping and diarrhea and all the other stuff that goes with it is the stress and the worry, not so much of I've got a conference next week, is that I've heard about and prophesied over, someone's prophesied over me doom, gloom and sickness and blah, blah, blah. And I've let it get to me and I wasn't even aware Thought I was happy, do lucky, luck, fine, and then in the middle of worship, totally undone. Going, God, I realise I've let that stick. Don't let your son go down on what is it? Anger. Don't let what? Whatever. That scripture. <laughs> Whether it be anger or whatever, but there was something stuck, an issue stuck in my heart, and you know what? It manifested in consistency for the first time ever. The last two weeks, I've just thought, you know what? Is this worth it? Do I really want to do this anymore? Do I want to, I something got in here, an issue. And just going, hang on, for someone who's been consistent, been even, been logic, I've been a little bit illogical this week. You ask my family, a little bit grumpy, a little bit crappy, a little bit, doing crappy really, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, more ways than one, yeah. Anyway, let's move along. All right, so issues, deal with them. Keep short accounts, deal daily. If you're struggling with your consistency, do a stock take. Ask yourself, ask God, what haven't I dealt with? What is sitting in there that is stopping me from being even, logical and consistent? I just want to close with this. Now again, go with me on this because I know Jesus doesn't have a headstone over his grave because he doesn't have a grave. But if he did... He might have on that, that verse that we started with, Hebrews 13, 8. It says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I want you to think about what would be on yours. Would it be, finally, they're dead, they finished something they started? <laughs> would it be, again, remember, gravestone, they're dead. Now I know, now at least I know what to expect when I meet them. Yeah, got it? Or maybe this one. Finally, their words and lifestyle meet. Or will it be similar to that of 
the one we said for Jesus. That here, no matter the circumstance or the situation that surrounded them, here lay someone who was steady, even, and had conformity in attitude, behaviour and practice. They were consistent. That can be on the gravestone of your life if we follow the example of Jesus and deal with those things that we call consistency killers. Amen. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen and God bless.